2: Welcome to Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting with your host, Laura McMahon. Laura will help you regain your sanity by addressing the three most important areas of co-parenting, communications, scheduling, and finances. In addition, Laura brings her practical stepmom life experience each week and invites experts from the divorce and co-parenting professional ecosystem to share insights and answer listener questions. So please, welcome the host of Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting, Laura McMahon.
3: I am Laura McMahon, and this is Sanity in Co-Parenting by Kin Crew, and I'm coming to you live from the Bold Brave Media Network. This week, I am speaking with Brandi Whiteley. Brandy is a longtime parenting writer, editor, and spokesperson. A parenting columnist for the Toronto Star, she is also the founder of The New Family, a website that explores many forms that family takes today. Former editor in chief of Canadian Family Magazine, Brandy has also been the parenting and relationships editor for the Toronto Star, founding editor of two Toronto Star websites, and an editor for Today's Parent. Brandy is a single mother of two in Toronto and a frequent television and radio guest on parenting topics. She currently works as a writer for the Canadian Broadcast Corporation. So with all of those things going on, thank you so much, Brandy, for making the time to come on with me this evening. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me on. You bet. So um, I, I have to admit that all of, those, uh, all of those other things that you have done and created are super impressive, but I think that probably the thing that I know you from is probably the one that most people would recognize you from, which was um, when you first wrote an article about how you and your co-parent have your living situation set up, and that's that's really um, I think it was so unique at the time that it just became like this really big thing. Um, And when I talked about who was coming on the show tonight and speaking with me, um, even if they didn't recognize your name, they definitely remembered the story. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to picking your brain about how that all came to be. Yeah. I'm happy to share it. Sure. So for sure. Yes, definitely. So um, just in case Nobody knows what I'm talking about yet. Um, Brandy and her ex-husband decided that they were going to live right next door to each other. And um, it's almost like townhouses. Is that right? It looks like a city situation. Um, Similar to
4: that. And I should add the caveat that we we lived like that for about seven or eight years. And then the house I own, the one house, and the one next door... um, was Derek was renting, so it has sold. He so now lives, you know, about a block, a couple of blocks away. But for years, this was our situation, and um, yeah, it was not two townhouses, but two uh, houses quite close together in a, in an older neighborhood. Um, and yeah, that really helped us kind of find our way forward when we were trying to figure out what co parenting would would look like for us. And okay. If you like, like to so, tell you a little bit about how, how that came up because it was a lot there was some good some serendipity into it for sure. Uh
3: yes, I definitely would love to hear that story.
4: Yeah. So like a lot of people living in uh cities where the cost of living is high and for us our children were were very little when this first happened. Our youngest was only one year old. So he actually, my my co-parent and I just kind of shared this one house for the first year. A lot of people do something like that. So we had a full basement apartment in the lower level of the house. So we managed with, with that for the first year, kind of just take removing ourselves from the house in alternating fashion, kind of just getting a feel for um sharing and splitting the, the time, uh, having a bit of a co-parenting schedule. Though so we would, of course, interact with the children in the main kitchen and, and their rooms and so on. But let's say he was in charge, I would maybe just be at a yoga class um, with, with a friend or to make sure this doesn't sound too wholesome. There was also a lot of cocktails in those in that first year, too. That was part of the coping <laughs> as well. Um, all kinds of things there was definitely a lot of leaning on friends but about a year in there was that sense that okay we do need a more permanent situation but we were both just kind of in agony trying to figure out what that would look like and it was just so anxiety provoking for for all of us um, for both of us really to consider what this would look like because we loved the fact that we had been able to tell the kids hey, we're still a family. In fact, we're, Dad's not even going anywhere. We're just, you know, things have changed a bit between mom and dad. But, you know, here we are, all still being a family. And all along, just in which is it was a real stroke of luck in a in a neighborhood mostly occupied by owners, or the houses are mostly occupied by people who own them. The place next door to us, where we share a mutual driveway, um, was. Uh, rent it it had three apartments in it at the time and one day I had been asking a friend to just out with a friend rather and just you know kind of leaning on her a little bit telling her that we were just really struggling with what this next living arrangement would be and I rode my bike up the driveway and the landlord was standing there with some strangers and it was because he was sharing uh, showing them an apartment that had just come open and I was basically able to say to him Oh, can I talk to you about that, please? Um, before you do anything. And within minutes, <laughs> Derek had seen it and it was sorted out, and he would live next door. And we hugged at the back door of my place to share our relief about it because we just felt like, okay, we can do right by our kids in this particular way. We will feel okay about this. Type of being the, this particular type of divorced parents, so um, that was how it all started. There was just a bit of good luck, and he ends up staying there for 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 years and years, even after he um, remarried uh, the boy's stepmom, Amy, um, and she moved in. They then took over two units in this house, so they would have full space. But yeah, this allowed us to really have our children just share the experience of you know the basketball in front of the garage the basketball hoop in front of the garage is really kind of the middle of our two households and they played you know tag through both households with those backyards with their friends and that was how we lived for years and um, yeah it was really fantastic.
3: I mean that does sound really idyllic so obviously you and your ex-husband had a, a very amicable relationship going right into that. And I want to talk a little bit more about kind of the um, the emotional setup of, of how that works, not just the, the physical setup of how that worked. But we need to go to a quick break. So when we come back, uh, we'll be diving a little bit deeper into that side of things. So hang in there. Sounds
0: great. Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Lads will expand your understanding of current concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. Dr. RC will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers, as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live to Dare to Soar, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and tune in Radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com.
3: We are back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. I'm Laura McMahon, and this evening I am speaking with Brandy Wikely. And before we went to the break, uh, Brandy and I were talking about kind of the the thing that originally um, seemed to make Brandy pretty well known in the divorce and parenting space, which is living next door to her ex-husband and um, having the kids kind of just Walk back and forth rather than have a huge transfer day. So we were talking about kind of how that physically worked, but I definitely want to ask you emotionally: How did that work? Because I know that that there's got to be people listening going, "Oh hell no!"
4: <laughs> for sure, there's so many people for whom "hell no" is absolutely the completely understandable uh, response to our our scenario. And, and Derek and I are both. Aware that we were very fortunate not only for our serendipitous um, real estate situation and, and being able to to pull that off, but um, for the fact that we did not have a lot of animosity toward one another. So ours was a situation that didn't end explosively explosively and really horribly and dramatically. Uh, we were. Um, university sweethearts who maybe drifted away from each other Im- emotionally, and we both really desperately wanted to keep our, um, the breakdown of our own romantic relationship uh, away from the children. And, you know, we can get into this a little bit later if need be, but both of us had divorced parents, and those situations were quite ac- acrimonious. So we were really trying to do things a bit different than that. Because we both experienced drama extending into our adult lives um, as a result of that. So we were trying really hard not to do that. Now, that said, I think that also um, we had support. I've always said that I think that if you want, you know, there's a kind of has to be a two-track thing for healing in a separation-divorce situation. You've got to kind of have a two-track method of handling things. That might be a better way to say it. So, on the one hand, you have your, the, you know, you bring your very best selves and your wise parenting self to the decisions that you and your co parent make about what's going to be best for the children. But you have to have a separate track where you are getting support for your own messy emotions about things because it's disappointing to have your expectation for what your life was going to look like just um, come apart. And suddenly not being able to really recognize your life. And, and we put marriage on a pedestal, really. So we have a lot of our identity wrapped up in it or even our social circles and being this married person. So we may have our feelings and hurt feelings and disappointment and anger. And so I think we were both in therapy and we both had things that we were doing that were helping, like friends that we were leaning on or activities that that were helping. Um And we were able to kind of to to keep those discussions separate. So I think that in many ways, how we dealt with it emotionally was um, in some ways a matter of luck to both be people who wanted to prioritize the co-parenting. I know I hear from a lot of other people that are really desperate to have a positive relationship with their co-parent, but maybe just don't get that back because that person has not let go of animosity or or tends to see it um in a very oppositional type of way. Um, but we both brought the same values to it. So I think that was a big piece of it.
3: Yeah, it definitely is a big piece of it. But um but I definitely, I also want to touch on something that you just said, which is something that we we've tried to talk about on the show a few times and um, um I've certainly talked about it a lot myself, which is you know, number one, you have to bring your best self to the table. Um, but number two, you have to surround yourself with good support. And I think that um, this is something that you and I kind of communicated back and forth on, which is society, unfortunately, views divorce as this hugely negative thing. And what tends to happen is um, you tell your friends and family that you're divorcing, and they feel like Okay, that means I'm supposed to pick a side and I'm supposed to like choose to dislike this person that maybe I previously liked and have no other reason not to like anymore. Um, And I've heard friends uh, of mine who've gone through a divorce say things like, oh, yes, I lost that friendship in the divorce. And so being surrounded by people who are also capable of being positive and kind of remind you how to prioritize your own emotions in those situations is, is so important. It's almost equally as important as, as showing up yourself because, um, um, you know, we, we kind of use, it sounds a little cliche, but like changing the conversation around divorce is a really big piece of it. So if you have that, oh, yeah. your own personal community support that can be positive, it does make such an enormous difference in how you're able to handle yourself. I think that's
4: so true. I mean, and I I could talk to you about this all day long. You're totally speaking my language here. Like when the the peer group um, embraces you and and instead of embraces this idea of your positive co-parenting, instead of you know, feeding in this negative cycle, which I consider, you know, the more oppositional divorce and that like, oh, which side am I on? I guess I hate your ex now. I consider that really kind of outdated thinking. And so, even though a lot of people may still have some negative divorces, I think we're seeing a a trend toward people wanting to embrace co-parenting. And since, since my situation kind of, um, it might have been that when Derek and I started talking and going on the radio and I started writing about um, our parenting situation, that we might have been the maybe the, the first you might have heard of. But as, as, as uh, time has gone on, I found that people are saying, actually, yeah, the, I know, you know somebody I know got a place on the same block. And, and I think it's becoming you know, less novel. So I think there is a movement to kind of changing that conversation, as you were saying.
3: Yes, I, I agree with that. And, you know, we we've just in the course of what we do um, as a company and a brand, we really try to understand the breakdown of society and how all of that's working. And the reality is is that the majority of divorces are not super high conflict. It's just that those high conflict stories are kind of like the juicy stories to gossip about, right? It's not really there's no fun in gossiping about those two parents who have gotten divorced who totally have their shit together. I mean, that's, it's just, it's just not a great story to like tell when you run into someone at the grocery store. So, um, yeah. you know, the, the majority of people really do just want to get on with it. And I think that that is something that needs to be talked about even more because we need to normalize that as a, as a topic of conversation. So, um, You and I have a whole bunch more things to talk about. I have a bunch more questions for you, uh, but we do need to go to another quick break. So when we come back, we'll be diving into uh, a few more personal questions and also some professional questions. So hang in there. We'll be right back.
0: If you're a person caring for someone living with dementia, then this program is for you. It's designed for families and friends coping with the challenges of caregiving. The foundation of care, Susan Kohler believes, is communication. Innovative Dementia Care with Susan Kohler provides strategies to keep the lines of communication open between you and your loved one. Increase quality interactions. Decrease the burden of daily care for you, the caregiver. Join Susan, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network. Susan and her guests will share techniques so you can facilitate your loved one's ability to safely follow your instructions, participate in daily activities, and express daily wants and desires to learn positive solutions, creative ideas, and practical strategies that will build a healthy foundation of care. Nancy Zorik, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorik has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for the Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBM Global Network.
3: Well, we're back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. I am Laura McMahon, and we are coming to you live from the Bold Brave Media Network. This evening, I am speaking with Brandy Wikely. And right before we went to the break, uh, Brandy, we were talking about how it the trend seems to be moving in a more positive direction where there really can be positive co-parenting relationships. And that's something that people are actually starting to talk about rather than just the horror stories. And um, something that you and I have talked about before is that, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a tragedy of a situation and that the expectations around the relationship of marriage is just really pretty much desperately outdated at this point.
4: It really is. And I think that if we can start to frame our own experiences of divorce within that kind of broader sociological historical uh, model, historical context, rather, we might be a little kinder to ourselves. So, for instance, if we think about the fact that traditional marriage um, it is something like three, four thousand years old, I think. And when people started getting married, they barely lived to age 40, and these were strategic economic partnerships that were designed for for um, stability, safety, sometimes strategy between families, um, for carrying on the line. Like, we have completely, we need each other both, we, I, I like to say sometimes, we need both more and less. From a marriage than we we used to so we don't need each other to survive anymore as women i can go get a job um for instance that wasn't the case at the time um <laughs> but we also want more from from a relationship we're now looking for someone who's a great co-parent who is a romantic partner we want romantic love we want friendship and it's kind of a miracle when you think about this old institution you know uh, applying now in the 2000s um and that you can carry on with, with the person that you love so much in your younger adulthood and keep growing in the same direction and and have the marriage continue to like uh work for everybody like that's a bit of a miracle when it does work out for the long run and i just i really wish that people could instead of seeing it as a tragic breakdown of the family like i can't stand the word broken family um that instead, they they look at it like, wow, you know, I'm so glad I've spent this 10, 12, 15 years with you. Look at these wonderful kids that we had. That was a pretty great run. Let's have awesome next chapters where things are a bit redefined in our family. But let's look at it that way. I mean, life's a longer much longer road these days.
3: Yeah, I agree with you, but I do have a question for you with, uh, on that train of thought, which is what do you say to the people who say, okay, that's all well and good for the actual relationship, but what about the kids and what about, isn't it going to feel like a huge tragedy to them no matter what? I think that
4: there's there's no doubt that very initially it is it is disruptive, but the very best, Evidence that there is for long-term, 30-year study of the effect of divorce on children shows that really it's the way that it's handled, not um, the fact of the divorce itself. It is the thing that that matters. There, there isn't a, a long-term consequence um, f- for our kids. In fact, there's some evidence that some they may build some resilience for having. Kind of gone through a change earlier in their life, they may actually come out stronger before um, because of it. Will there be bumps? Of course. Do you need to make room for it? Validate what your kids are going through? Absolutely. Absolutely. But if they have two parents, whatever those parents look like, that still really want to be involved in their lives, nobody disappears on them. You keep a lot of whatever routines you can keep the same you do. You show up for them. You're able to be there for their birthday parties, their baseball games, their graduations, and be civil. They haven't lost much. They've still got two parents. And maybe you can take you know, some, some joy in co-parenting your kids um, together and, and still have a team approach. I think your kids are going to sense that we're still a family even if things have changed between my parents.
1: Yeah,
3: I think that's really the best way of putting it. Um, you know, we've talked about this on the show before, but uh, the things that cause really scary uh, effects on children, like, in, for example, an incre- a thirty percent increase in asthma, and you know, more likely to be, uh, susceptible to drug and alcohol addiction and all these really scary, horrible things are all tied back to high conflict situations. And, um, the reality of that is, is that your parents can be together and it can be really high conflict and, and that can still be the case for you, um, as a child. So, so really just thinking it, um, thinking of a divorce more as a relationship evolution than a huge broken mess of a situation because it doesn't have to be is is definitely the healthier way to go for everybody involved um and especially long term so i'm not sure how much there is to uh, admire yeah yeah for sure
4: sorry i don't know if we were trying to wrap up there but i just Yeah, I'm not sure it's better, right, to be in a high conflict situation where you just grinned and bared it for decades on end and everybody knew you were miserable and there was so much acrimony in the household. I I can't see that that's that's very good for for children either.
3: No, it's certainly not. And so that's – well, that's a a great segue into um, talking a little bit about how I actually came across last week's guest, um, Josh, who is – I'm just going to go out and say straight up, he is enlightened. Like if you haven't listened to that show, you need to, because um, he and his ex, like they figured it out and his priorities are so in line. And I just was really pretty much amazed at like everything that he said was just so quotable. (laughs) It was like he'd written a a novel and was reading out of it. um, And it was just like the best the best reminder of, of why to be motivated in this direction. So um, the group where we met uh, is actually the, the group that you created online on Facebook. Um, and I, I want to get into that and I want to talk about a few of the other resources um, that you have. And, and I have even more questions for you after that, but we're going to go to a really quick break. And when we come back, we'll dive into all of that stuff. So stay tuned. Yeah.
0: Author. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio.
1: Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of the Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com. Plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, Hope, and Support for Caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com.
3: We're back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Ken Crew. I'm Laura McMahon, and this evening, Brandy Wikely and I are talking about uh, a different, maybe a different way of setting up your, uh, divorce living situation, but also so, pretty much everything, right? Brandy, like society as a mm-hmm. whole and <laughs> perspective on, on how to handle all of it. Um, yeah. I do have a, a couple questions for you, um, that are a little bit more personal and then I want to get into, um, the group that I mentioned earlier that you created. But first, um, so you said that your parents divorced yourself. Um, yeah. And that was not a very positive situation for you. I'm just wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing what that experience was like for you as a child and how that really impacted the way that you and your uh, ex husband wanted to handle things as adults.
4: Yeah, for sure, because um, it was tough. So I was 13 years old, the eldest of three siblings, and my parents split up, but also involved, you know, there was a lot of change going on in our family. We also moved provinces at the same time. But The separation had been more my mom's initiative and that kind of set up my dad as being the injured party. And so therefore, I think, although my mom would have liked a more positive uh, co-parenting situation, you know, they just couldn't get there. Like he had kind of a wounded and angry um, take to her, take on her from there forward. And so that really impacted um a lot of things about my youth and adulthood my father has you know passed away about 10 10 or 12 years ago now but um it, it really did last a long time so it was it would be an issue with um everything that was an occasion um a a, a graduation uh a wedding it was an issue at, at my own wedding and and similarly uh, on derek's side there was a lot of difficulty and a lot of drama um, for his parents' divorce that happened, you know, just when he was kind of coming of age. So, he, you know, his parents were kind of cruising towards divorce as he was kind of heading into university. So we both had a lot of pretty fresh in our memories experiences, pretty formative experiences of of divorce having a negative effect on us. And we just, we had been put in the middle. There was definitely some, some, you know, uh, alienation of, uh, you know, one child, one of my siblings against one parent. So just really some really tough stuff that carries on uh, to this day. And and without exaggeration, I can say uh, somewhat beyond the grave, some of those effects. So, we really wanted to do differently. You know, we were really desperate to keep our kids away from conflict related to the the breakdown of our marriage. Um, And so I think that really helped us to have clarity on how we wanted to conduct ourselves and for us to be able to say we're still a family and actually be able to demonstrate that.
3: I think that that's a really strong reminder for keeping priorities where they ought to be is is going through it yourself and I've found that um, often people who are really struggling to move in a more positive co-parenting direction it's a lot of the time it's because they're having a difficult time remembering oh yeah these actions they may be my like 30 second reaction to something and it's nasty and it feels satisfying in the moment, but it actually has super long impact on my kids. And just remembering okay. that is so, so important um and prioritizing away from it. it because playing we talk about this a lot too I probably sound like a broken record but playing the long game and uh keeping yeah. in mind what everyone's long-term priorities are you know all the way to those weddings right um last Absolutely. week Josh Josh said he had um you know 20 year goals of being at his kids' weddings with his ex-wife and and it not being awkward for everyone um and those keeping those priorities top of mind is definitely really motivating to uh keep your behavior where it where it should be even if it's not the most satisfying in the moment sure so crucial
4: cuz do you really want your child to be having to think about things like even when they're graduating from say middle school and they're already trying to manage their parents no you know, like you, you don't want your children to have to have, a, you don't want to be, your divorce to be like a cloud over some of these
3: big momentous events, you know, in the family. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not cool. So, um, speaking of lots of different scenarios where things are either going well or not, I definitely wanted to bring up the Facebook group, um, where I, where Josh and I connected, which is called positive co-parenting after divorce, um and this is a thriving space i mean this probably speaks to the trend that we're we're seeing right because you have nearly 6000 members at this point um and i just yeah. want to read the little blurb of a description for this for this page which is um this is a community of people who have or want amicable relationships after relationship ends so the kids can thrive and the grown-ups can too It's not the separation itself, but parents who fight that negatively impacts kids, which is something that we were just talking about, right? And um, this is a positive space for sharing ideas, experiences, resources, and encouragement. So I have to tell you what blows me away about this page in particular, because I am a member of a lot of groups, is that this group somehow truly manages to keep things positive. So uh, if you're listening and you need a space that is not just event fest, um, but actually a place where you can ask someone's opinion and get a whole bunch of honest opinions in a non-judgmental way, this is totally where it's at. Um, and, And I don't know if you are just really good at moderating or you've found like the right group of people, but I just find it so impressive that this group really does manage on a whole to keep things really positive.
4: Oh, I'm glad to hear you say that because I actually think a lot of credit goes to the group itself um, that has grown so much since um, I first started it. And I think that um, the group wants it to be constructive. And so people are really helping to um to moderate it um, even when I can't uh, be giving it as much attention as I want. So I I do agree that they've really been able to help each other. um, uh, And it does kind of show I think people are interested in positive co-parenting.
3: Yes, I would definitely agree with that. So once again, the name of that group is Positive Co-Parenting After Divorce. If you're looking for a space uh, that really is about forward positive movement or just plain old support definitely check out that page um we need to go to another quick break but when we come back we'll be continuing the conversation so hang in there
0: what if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair what if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against parkinson's disease easysense.com and learn how with your help we can fight these horrific brain disorders that's easysense.com to learn more and help support the broderick foundation if you seek a courageous advocate, prepared to champion your rights with consumer service agencies that support aging populations, Carol Ann Hamilton is the one for you. Carol Ann is an elder care coach, author, and speaker with a quarter million hours lived experience successfully supporting uncopable aging parents. As a result of a challenging journey, Carol Ann revolutionizes how stressed-out caregivers restore serenity to their worlds. She also brings over 25 years of change management expertise in Fortune 500 settings to catalyze urgent transformation within the elder care industry. Carol Ann is a popular speaker at conferences across North America. She has appeared via TV, radio, and print globally. Now you can tune in weekly to get a dose of her inspiration, plus down-to-earth advice to cope with even the most difficult aging parents. Listen Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Bold Brave Media and tune in Radio.
3: We're back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. I am Laura McMahon, and this evening, Brandy Wikely and I are having a conversation about Uh, the new family and Brandy's Facebook page. That's awesome. You should definitely go check it out and pretty much everything else kind of co-parenting and divorce. So um, uh, in that group, Brandy, I mentioned that there were about 6,000 members. Um, It's it's probably a a little bit of a smaller number of people who are, you know, really active in the group. But I'm just curious if um, over the years of watching the type of things that people post, are you seeing any particular issues trend? And if so, what are your, like, top three good pieces of advice based on those continuously uh, upcoming issues that you see all the time?
4: Hmm. Good good question. I mean, you do see... Uh, people struggling to get past higher conflict situations to something that's um, more positive. And uh, gosh, uh, I don't know. I think the first thing would probably be something that I touched on before, kind of needing to have a track for taking care of your own emotional health and your healing from the disappointment so that you can untangle that all those messy feelings from the decision making that uh, that you make around the children and how you're going to share their care. So I guess that would be the first thing. Just making sure that you're doing something that is helping you to bring the very your very best self that you possibly can in this tough scenario to to the co-parenting discussion. The discussion of how you'll uh, figure things out with the kids wherever they'll be lear- living and that kind of thing um,
3: yeah, yeah, you
4: know a, another I guess a common thing is that people really struggle with the idea of uh, being away from their kids for part of the time I, I do see perhaps more posts from moms on this than, than dads that just on average that doesn't. plenty of dads are, are, are very broken up about missing time with their children as well but there's often scenarios where, you know, we do know that on average uh, women do spend more hours per week on, on child care and on, um, on um, housework and domestic stuff. And in some cases, these moms may have been... Um, They may have been primary caregivers or stay-at-home moms for a while. And so they often just are really heartbroken over the idea of the 50-50 split. And they view it as, I'm going to miss half my children's lives. And I think if you look at it that way, it is really going to be tough on you. Um, This is really what it forces is a more equitable division of labor between you and a co-parent and there's plenty of situations where that has actually helped the co-parent who spent less time with the kids beforehand to um, to learn and increase the competency and and you know um, I don't know improve the depth of their own connection to their their children so if you can get from that like first that through that transition where you're really struggling, Uh, to figure out how you're going to fill the time with your kids, maybe gone one week out of two or, you know, three days at a time, that kind of thing, whatever your arrangement is. Um, if you can get past that, you can actually find that you can use the time in very productive ways to, uh, then bring your, your, bring more energy to the time you do have, uh, with them. But you've got to be putting things back in place for yourself. And gosh, yeah, I don't know what are that some of the really yeah, That makes off? so
3: much sense. And I, I just want to jump in because those two things are so related, right? Like, yeah, find, find time for your own mental health and, and the things that are good for you personally, not good for your family, but just actually like kind of selfishly good for you. And also figuring out how to kind of reshape your quote unquote time off um and and i think that it's very possible that men and women tend to feel almost exactly the same about this and that men just really don't talk about it so
1: <laughs>
3: yeah um uh, that's totally, yeah. totally possible.
4: <laughs> I, I absolutely agree. I think that, there, that men and women alike struggle with it. It might just be that women are posting more about it um, yeah. for sure. And, and yes, I just think we need to be kind about ourselves to ourselves about it. I also, because you could think of it as like, well, my kids are gone for six or seven hours of the day to school and so on. And, you know, I'm not berating myself about about what percentage of their life that is right? Um, and our kids are meant to have enriched, fulfilling relationships with multiple people in their, in their lives. And I guess another stumbling block, if I had to point to one other, is that people really do, there can be another transition in a relationship when uh, um, your co-parent enters a, a new relationship, a new live-in relationship, and people are often wondering if there's anything they can do to stop a former partner from moving in six months later with uh, somebody else. And unfortunately there's really as, as uncomfortable and not ideal as that is, there isn't much you can do about it. Um, and yeah, so people struggle with that kind of thing. But I think, and of course we want to be assured that whoever's in our children's lives are going to be a positive influence. And there's some situations where maybe that's not the greatest. If you see your co-parent kind of jumping into something, you might be a little bit unsure. Uh, but um, ideally, particularly when if the, you know, your co parent has put a lot of thought into how their new relationship has progressed and done so in a thoughtful manner. If you can get to a place where you actually see your kids' lives and their world expanding because of the fact that they have another parent in their lives, another parent like figure. <sighs> Um, my dog just sneezed in the background there, <laughs> um, but if you see them, their, your kid's world has, ex- has expanded, um, instead of, um, someone stealing your role away. Um, that really helps, you know, I, I, it brings me a lot of joy that my kids have a set of, you know, kind of, they have another set of cousins that are uh, the nieces and nephews of, of their stepmom. Uh, she lives in. A, she's from. The, her family's from the U.S. We're from Canada. That has, you know, opened up their worlds in, in different ways. They're now huge fans of uh, Michigan State um, football and basketball. And like they have this parts of their lives that were not there because they have had the influence of another person, the things that she's into, and and her family has brought to them. So if you can look at it that way. Um, I don't know that's a it's a good shift to be able to make.
3: Right, and presentation is absolutely everything and that can include how you decide to just present that information to yourself. It might sound cheesy yeah. a little bit, a little bit cheesy, but it actually probably works and as far as considering your mental health and what you need to do to get yourself, get yourself in a good place where you're not just stewing all- over all the bad stuff. Sometimes, uh, going a little bit cheesy may just be the ticket to that. So, um, <laughs> we are going to take one more break here and we'll be back in just a couple minutes with Brandy Whiteley.
0: Dr. R. C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live to Dare to Soar, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. Global Network.
3: We're back with Sanity and Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. I'm Laura McMahon, and this evening I've been speaking with Brandy Weikley. And uh, so, Brandy, I just want to kind of wrap up a few things here. One is um, you're the creator of a website called thenewfamily.com. Um, and do you want to just give a really quick description of the type of things that people can find on that site?
4: Yeah. So it's a, a, you know, a website dedicated to exploring the many forms that family takes today, as well as kind of issues that pertain to parenting in our times. And one of the types of things that you can find there are a blog posts under the banner of the thousand family project, which is aiming to show there's a thousand different ways to be a family today. And there's also some good resources there for, uh, for co-parents, including a, a webinar um, on co-parenting. So yeah, I encourage people to to check it out.
3: Perfect. Um, and then, of course, we've mentioned it quite a few times on the show uh, already. But the Facebook group Positive Co Parenting After Divorce is a great place if you're looking for something that's a little bit more interactive. Um, if you're looking for a community of Of people who are really focused on trying to have the most positive relationship that they can. And and I will say, you know, we've talked a lot about how to do this the right way and being in the right frame of mind. But there are plenty of people in that group who are just desperately trying to move in that direction and have a co-parent who is unfortunately not interested. Um, So there are a lot of good people on the site who are ready to give advice of how to handle those more difficult situations. Um, So it's definitely a really good resource that I encourage everyone to check out. And uh, all the links that we've talked about on the show tonight will be on our website, which is kincrew.io. That's K-I-N-C-R-E-W.io. And you'll see the link right at the top for the radio show. And uh, Brandy will have her own little space on that page um, where you can go and, and listen to the episode again if you'd like to or um, go and find any of those links that we've talked about tonight um, yeah so um, how old are your boys now well
4: unbelievably they are turning 14 and 18 next month <laughs> but it's such a cliche you know when you have your newborns the older ladies at the mall tell you it goes so fast and they have this shell-shocked look on their eyes about how fast it's all gone. And my God, that is true. So we are entering into a new phase where one of ours will be leaving the nest and going to university. So yeah, um, we're, we're partway there. It goes really quickly. And I just encourage people to, even if your situation is not great, um, you know in all but some of the very worst scenarios i think there is hope that you can move um, to a place that's more peaceful even if that's just within your you know the way you look at it within yourself but i've seen some situations from within the co-parenting group where people pop up and say hey our situation was really tough but i'm happy to say that this happened for the first time here we are at a birthday party that we could both be at so you know, um, chin up and and keep working at it because you just might find things can shift even when you'd, you'd given up long ago that they could.
3: Right. And I think that we had someone else on the show a a little while ago who said, you know, it really only takes one person to start making that shift. If you decide that that's something that you want to do, being the person who takes that first step, it makes space for the other to maybe eventually take a step in that direction as well. So it's not, it, you know, it's not over. It's not over until it's over. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, wow. Good luck. University. uh, We have one. My stepson is also headed for university as well in the fall. So uh, I definitely, I know, I know what you're talking about. We're only going to have one boy at home and actually, We're going to have our first hours baby show up in August. So we're going to have a a few transitions happening all at once.
4: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Congratulations. That's
3: fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. I'm sure yeah. it's going to give me a, a lot of content to talk about and I'm going to need to find like a whole new group of uh, professionals that we need to bring in to, to talk about the uh, the hours baby and the, bre- the blending and all of that stuff. But that is definitely for another time. So thank you so much, Brandy. I really, really appreciate your time this evening and all of uh, the great insight that you brought and uh, we'll definitely be in touch. Thanks so much for having me. You got it. All right. Thanks. You have been listening to Positive Co-Parent. I'm sorry, you haven't. That's the name. Go go to Positive Co-Parenting After Divorce. That's Brandy's site. You have been listening to Sanity in Co-Parenting by Kin Crew. I am Laura McMahon, and we will see you next week.
2: This has been Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting with host Laura McMahon. Listen each week as Laura helps you eliminate potential conflicts by giving you the tools and knowledge to reduce stress and focus on what's best for you and your child's well-being. So tune in each week and become a better co-parent with Laura McMahon's Finding Sanity in Co-Parenting.